This is Afterthought, also known as Middle-Aged Lefties Talking, on CKUW 95.9 FM. My name is Erica Wee. And I'm Lynn Fernandez. Our email address is afterthought, one word, at ckuw.ca. Please get in touch with any comments, feedback, or ideas. Thanks for tuning in once again to Afterthought. Today's topic is what does quality elder care look like? And this is a topic that has come up several times already on this show. Perhaps it's a little bit of a theme by now since we're all in our um, retirement sort of years or the people involved in this show anyway. It's something that we're thinking about. Um, in an earlier show, my co-host Lynn Fernandez and I talked about this from the perspective of COVID and the flaws in elder care that it has revealed with the terrible outbreaks in personal care homes and also from the point of view of our own experiences with our own aged parents and navigating the systems. Mine in Saskatchewan, hers was in Alberta. And also wondering what kind of resources are going to be there when we get to be that age, which, you know, let's face it, isn't that far away. But it is an important issue that governments should be grappling with in anticipation of the flood of baby boomers that are, are reaching old age. So my guest today is Vi Stace, and she has worked in senior care, uh, in my experience of knowing her in a very positive kind of a way. So I was interested in getting her perspective on this issue. So thanks for coming, Vi. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And I know you've been, like, you've got, you've had this terrible flu for a long time, or I don't know what it is that you're having a hard time getting rid of, mm-hmm. which is not COVID. Not COVID. Yes. Been tested. Yes. Negative. Yes. Wow. And I'm slowly recuperating. It just seems to love me a lot. This yes. infection. It's just yes. infection. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. Maybe you should uh, talk a little bit about what kind of work you did working with mm-hmm. seniors and I know you were, were at Lions for a while, but maybe you can outline mm-hmm. sort of where you've worked. Sure. Um, I, it actually started in the 80s when I worked at Clinic Community Health Center. There was a project there. I was very young. I was like in my 20s. And it was uh, Project Drive. And we would drive older adults to appointments uh, for shopping. And we would take them to Safeway. We'd get a van full and go to Safeway. and take them out shopping. Uh, and then we also worked at another project called Project Voice, and it was like volunteers um, getting them involved or helping them to become involved in in uh, in senior care. And uh, we had a men's and women's club. So it started back in the 80s, and I really just uh, appreciated what, what they offered um, our community and what and and to me uh, and then I've done some work in um, personal care homes so uh, I kind of got waylaid a bit with community development and, and bookkeeping but then I, I came back to to working with seniors and elders um, in in personal care homes so Fred Douglas Lodge I worked in and the convalescent home and I got to the point where I wanted to go back to school and get my recreation degree, my therapeutic recreation degree, and I took the older uh, option or option in aging. 
Uh, so I went back to school as an older, well, older, 37 or so person with an interest working with older adults in uh, therapeutic recreation. And have uh, finally did that, got my degree and, and worked, worked my way uh, through. And then um, I've been involved in therapeutic rec for the last 20 years and just recently semi-retired. Uh-huh. I'm now working with the Alzheimer's Society in the community. Oh, you still are? Yeah. Oh, for some yeah. reason I thought you were done, but well, <laughs> I got that wrong. <laughs> it, I mean, working in, in hospitals and in personal care homes, it's, um, yeah, I wanted to work back in the community, so it's a nice job to do, uh, working in community and looking after my granddaughter, so it works really well. Yeah, like cool. Both I know you, yeah, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and then it gives me that freedom also to uh, to be with my to par- provide a bit of support for my parents. Mm-hmm. We're 91 and 92. Ah, right, yes. So my mom was recently um, placed in a personal care home uh-huh. in September. So that was a huge shift for her. They had been living in their own home all these years. Yeah, so that's one of the themes, isn't it, with older mm-hmm. people is uh, transitioning. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, um, uh, is the change of both both transitioning from what you were able to do what to what you're not able to do anymore or what you can do now and also transitioning from one place to another like in my experience mm-hmm. at least with my mom mm-hmm. those are hard transitions to deal mm-hmm. with they really are and it's you know everybody is different and that's what I've really learned like you can't just have one recipe or one plan for <clears throat> for a certain individual it has to be based on on their needs and what they still can do and what they and who their support systems and do they have home care in the home or a spouse that they can that can and help them or children so it really depends on on that yeah, that's why it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a complex area, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. everybody is so unique in what their needs are, mm-hmm. and so the resources have to be kind of unique mm-hmm. in order to respond to that too. So yeah, um, so it is kind of complex. Can you describe what the various like? I get very confused as to the various levels mm-hmm. of senior care, <clears throat> and I know you mentioned you were listing them off to me one day. Could mm-hmm. you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like there's independent living. I mean, we're we all are interdependent on others for some things, but independent living means you live uh, independently in your own home. You could have some supports through home care, uh, you know, 3 hours a day or whatever or 1 hour a day, and then there's some respite. So for the spouse you can have respite. So independent living, and then there's um assisted living, which I understand is more uh, let's say a meal every every evening. My parent, my parents lived in an assisted living in uh, Eltona in the gardens on tenth. So it's they provide one meal a day. Uh, there's cleaning services available if they so choose. You know, once a, every two weeks or so. Um, and but people are independent. They don't uh, necessarily. They just kind of advertise the programming or the the recreation program. They don't, um, you know go and find people and, and recruit them right. to these activities. And right. I mean, I come from an approach of therapeutic rec, so that's always my uh, pet peeve as well. Did you knock on their door and did you get them? You know, well, so independent living won't do that. Like they'll just be <laughs> on their own. <clears throat> 
uh, so assisted living will provide uh, or actually supportive housing is kind of the next one so independent living assisted living and then supportive housing is a little bit more support so then they'll go and maybe they'll have a recreation uh, person there to go and and find some people to recruit them because maybe people have some at the early stages of you know memory loss and they can't don't remember what's happening when and so they'll have a bit more supports that way um so that's called Supportive housing. housing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be where my mom is at. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And still the meals and the possibly a nurse handy. Sometimes they have like 24-hour nursing, depending on the facility, right? So uh, they will have uh, somebody available if in case you call, like a call button or something. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, and again, that varies from place to place. Some places have... You know more supports than others so yeah but that's just the, those are the general terms and I mean and last <clears throat> you know but not least and the most important is the personal care home and all of us have a view of personal care homes that's right away we have this thing inside us oh I hope I don't get there you know my dad is the same he hopes he never will be at the point of a personal care home where you know he sees people in 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 wheelchairs and and, and so really, you know, the wheelchair just really helps people get around. And so, we, you know, there's a lot of stigma at- attached to personal care homes. And I mean, maybe it's because uh, we've not designed them properly. I, I really think that there needs to be a lot of research and work and more emphasis on staffing, of course. Like now we know about the staffing through COVID. You know, I, I mean, again, my focus is on therapeutic rec. We need people with education to engage people in activities. You know, but the way these houses or these personal care centers are designed, um, you know, we they're just, they tend to be large. They tend to be long hallways. They tend to have, um, different staff here and there, you know, with many residents. And again, the, the the thinking way back when was like, okay, let's get efficient about this. You know, we'll put them all in one place and, you know, we'll get all the Hoyer lifts and all the equipment that we need to, to support these people. But, but really, in my experience, I have seen some places where they're smaller, you know, and, and like 12 or 10 people in a circle or in a, in a square where they can go around and find their room easily because it's in a circle, right? And in a, in a path that they would be walking. And so they would see their name. Oh, here's my room and no problem, you know, but, um, I think, I think we need to focus more on keeping people safe and in smaller places. So that's in terms of housing. Um, my, my little, approach for personal care homes I've just seen some really ones that have not been um, up to par in my in my view mm-hmm. you know having a private room like I mean not everybody wants a private room but mostly people do and for my mom dignity. a big thing was having her own bathroom yes too. private room private bathroom yeah and yeah. I mean working with elders you know dignity is huge right yeah. you know having that dignity and removing those barriers to you know like I can't find my room well if you design the hallway in a circle or you know have more access or more signage or more staffing to help people get to their rooms or to activities you know we wouldn't have 
um, we kind of minimize those um, problems that are in, you know, the risk of falling or all those problems that I've that I've seen. Well, you know, that's maybe due to um, lack of uh, lack of staffing again. It's and staffing that quality that, stuff. Yeah, that has those principles of listening to people. Like I just heard um, the other day. Um, a woman on the validation theory, I forget her name at the top of my head, it's like, um, you can look her up. Not Tipa Snow, Tipa Snow is an, ex- an expert in uh, working with people with dementia. Tipa Snow. She has in T-E-P-A? T-E-E-P-A. Snow. Yeah, there's a session that the Alzheimer's Society recently had on Tipa Snow, and she's a very down-to-earth practical person that will give advice or ideas on how to relate to people with dementia and uh, and then another woman I've heard um, uses validation to kind of enter into a person's reality and um, and just meet them where they're at and validate their fears and concerns whether it makes sense or not or whether it doesn't matter what year it's from but just to validate their concerns so you know so I've seen many different kinds of people working in facilities and some of them know how to do that some of them know how to take the time and listen and I understand that people are busy and you know medication but you know there seems to be a stress on getting you know the proper like um I mean medication that's 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 not my area of expertise so I realize that's important but you know, we're, we're so nursing focused, we're so doctor focused, nursing, uh, keeping a person healthy and well, you know, but really, you know, what, what is, what constitute wellness is engagement, you know, and, and, and getting involved in things that keep them healthy, like singing and, and music and yes. all the things I do and love. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'm just, uh, you know, thinking about my mom right now where mm-hmm. she is. And uh, every afternoon they get mm-hmm. her and say, okay, it's activity time. Yeah. And there, it is one of these smallish places. We're so lucky that she ended up in a good place in the end. Mm-hmm. I think there's like less than 20 mm-hmm. people there. Beautiful. And they go to the activity room and it could be anything from watching a movie about mm-hmm. Bolivia, mm-hmm. or watching the staff make cookies, yeah. anything. <laughs> but it, it's important, and uh, you know, otherwise, my mom would be literally sitting in her chair. Yeah. Period. Yeah. She all the things that she used to be able to do and love: read, knit, crochet. Mm-hmm. So her eyesight is gone. Mm-hmm. Can't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so she would be sitting there. Mm-hmm. But they come and get her, and then there's places where the residents can congregate if they want. My mom's kind of shy and mm-hmm. still hasn't quite gotten there, but they can congregate and chat with each other. Mm-hmm. They've got little porches, actually, in front of their rooms, like oh. little porches that face into the hallway. Oh, where, cool. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. So all those things that you're talking about yeah. uh, are important. And it just reminds me, Vi, of the first mm-hmm. time I met you, I think, was when you were at Lion's Place. Mm-hmm. Lion's Manor? Lion's Place. I get Lion's Manor. Mm-hmm. Lion's Manor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was doing community development in the 
you know, the West Central neighborhood, and we were having some kind of party. It was had to do with our community newspaper, I think, at the West End Cultural Center. Yes, I remember. Yes, and I asked you if, uh, or I don't know how it happened. I have no idea how it happened, but you were doing a choir mm-hmm. at uh, Lions Manor with the seniors there. And so I asked if you might want to come and with the choir and mm-hmm. and do a number, and it was it was it was just great. It was <laughs> hilarious, and it was around Halloween, wasn't it? Well, I remember it being really cold, so we loaded up. We rented one of these big vans, and we loaded up people. And I remember being thinking, why am I taking these these seniors, these older people out in this cold weather or something? I remember it not being very comfortable outside, but we, we all loaded into this van and went to the West End Cultural Center. Yeah. It was a very exciting time for our choir, Lions Manor Choir. You know, yeah. we had a, we had a great time. I mean, they just oh, they just loved singing and uh-huh. and I kept telling them, well, I'm not a real choir conductor. Like I play guitar and I sing and and I'm not a conductor. Oh yes, you are. You're great. And and uh, they just wanted to sing. And so um, we we practiced a lot at the manor. And I think I got paid like a dollar fifty an hour or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the other problem, right? Yeah. Paying staff decently. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, people that are older want to contribute, you know, like your mom, like my mom, we, they want to have a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So whether they're singing or whether they're peeling potatoes, you know, for the mm-hmm. kitchen or folding towels, it's got to be about choice. You know, that's one thing I learned in therapeutic rec is even saying no to an activity so your mom's saying like no i'm good with the cookies i don't i don't need to to make those cookies i'll just watch these ladies make them that's still a choice and she's making it and um and so but people want to have you know like again that quality programming in personal care homes i find it 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 varies from so many places but you know it's not it's not rocket science, Erica, but it's <clears throat> it does require people to just listen to to others that want to to talk. So I'm wondering if your mom, you know, right away I'm thinking, oh, does she have a story to tell? She doesn't knit. She doesn't do these things. But what is her story? So I think a lot of a lot of I think efforts or work needs to be done in listening to older adults uh, and what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, one of the things, see, my mom used to, when she was still able to, she wrote mm. her, she wrote stories about her life mm-hmm. um, and would give them to us for Christmas. Yeah. Like, so one would be about butchering on the farm. Mm-hmm. One would be about how making butter. One would be about... Like the pioneer lifestyle or the, like... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Milking cows. All that stuff. Yeah. She would, um, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Like I have them in that folder over there. So mm. what what we do now is read them back to her. Cool. Also because her memory. So now we can we can start talking about, you know, when people are starting to lose their cognitive function. Yeah. Um, so her memory is really going for, mm. for you know the recent past. Like the other day, I said to her on the phone, "So did anybody did anybody else phone you today?" Mm-hmm. And she said. 
Well, I think David, Dave did, but don't quote me on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, she's still got a sense of humor yeah. about it. Oh, you got to have humor, definitely. Yeah. So she's losing the recent memory, but mm. the distant past she's mm-hmm. she remembers and likes to talk about yeah yeah is that a kind of a con- I'm, I think that's mm-hmm. a common thing for- it is a very common thing so we do in our in our working with people with dementia we do a lot of reminiscing so we uh-huh. have you know a lot of uh, pictures like in the program that I run with the Mons in Motion program at the, with the Alzheimer's Society we have like a, a picture of like Marlon Brando or a picture of, and then we have or Julie Andrews and what movie does this remind you of so we have we use visual Visuals. We use um, um, just cards like, hey, yeah, what what was it like to, or has anybody ever worked, you know, on a in a threshing machine or something like that? So we will do a lot of <clears throat> reminiscing, oh. and uh, and it's super important to to you know again take that time to to listen to what they have to say now that being said erica like your mom maybe is at the early early you know part like you said just starting to to um remember or not remember the recent events but um i mean my mom on the other hand um she was an organizer she you know she worked at and she volunteered at the mcc um thrift stores and so that was more of her her work. If I ask her, like, well, mom, what was it like? Like, you were milking cows and... Oh, I don't remember. Oh. And so, you know, so she she's kind of an anomaly, I think. And, and, and most people like to talk about the past. And we use that a lot in, in our, yeah. in our, uh, in our work with people with dementia, but you know, not everybody, not everybody goes there yeah. uh, for whatever reason. So depending again on their history. So I find such diversity in people. We can't just say like, Oh yeah, seniors, you know, we're older adults. Like there's so many different, mm-hmm. um, groups and levels depending on on dementia again dementia like has different different stages um and what you do with that person or how you relate to that person depends on where they're at um and how much you know cognitive abilities they have and what they can still do like if you say okay like let's peel potatoes or let's uh, do this they may not know how to grab the potato or the peeler but if you put them in their hands then they'll they'll know exactly what to do because that's muscle memory, right? So we yeah. have to try out some of those things with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Vi, you know, considering what we've learned in the past two years about the state of personal care homes mm-hmm. uh, in Canada, and uh, for sure there are some very good ones, but we've learned there are some very bad ones mm-hmm. or not equipped at all to deal with. Uh, COVID, and so maybe you can deduce from that that they mm-hmm. maybe weren't that good to begin with. Maybe, mm-hmm. what are your, some of your thoughts about about uh, how this big problem mm-hmm. maybe should be mm-hmm. tackled? That's a big question. I know. Well, and as I mentioned earlier, Erica, like about the housing, that the the, the structure or the you know the the way they're designed has to be changed. But really, I would say that's not secondary, but first and foremost is our approach and that is um and along with that becomes or leads into education and i think educating ourselves on like person-centered approach um you know what what are the aspects of aging learning about aging and how it's important to what what people need and i 
that just when I started to learn about it, I just realized they have so much to offer. They that they need our care. They're they're looking to us to care for them in their years. And it it's not until we get there that we realize, wow, you know, if only you know, we would have had this, this care, this care. And I think as baby boomers now, we're going to demand, uh, you know, like more recreation, quality recreation, quality, you know, activities that we can not just roll into a room, which is, that's good, but I mean, like what, what a person actually needs and, and benefits from, um, you know, occupational therapy, huge role in, in learning about somebody's needs. So, you know, staffing, and then listening and even health and like healthcare aides. There's been, again, like I, I don't want to, I think healthcare aides are so important and nursing again, like we have to, um, we count on that, those people to take care of us with a little education, those healthcare aides could, could be that much more, you know, sensitive to people's needs, you know, making sure that people are trained for the, for the job. Housing, you know, Again, and, and housing people needs to be more diverse too. Like if we have diverse housing with like not just putting all the seniors in one place, or we need to help our younger people learn that they have a contribution to make to society. And um, I think how we do that is super important. Um, whether it's you know more volunteering and I mean I've seen wonderful things happen when babies come to yeah. to senior centers and you know their faces light up and they used to care for babies that's how you know our mothers were you know cared for us and when they were young and that will bring out those memories mm-hmm. so more I guess more research into into that and also you know people with with Alzheimer's need our again love and respect but but also research into how we can um, you know prevent like medications like there's just such little you know research being done or, or I always think that there needs to be more so housing huge you know changes in the way we we in more diversity and I mean education I'm gonna just yeah stress on the education of staff mm-hmm. um, yeah so they get good quality care good quality care and yeah and I mean with this diversity in housing other people will help to look after people like so the people that don't have family you know if you're beside somebody that wants to help out then you have that kind of a natural um helping support system for sure like yeah m- more mixed housing is uh, yeah like but, why does one apartment just have yeah. to be full of old people why can't it yeah. be you know set up so that it's yeah. uh physically workable for older people but also yeah. have all kinds of people in and there. those yeah. and that keeps people healthier and yeah. active and they're more more sense of purpose and more involved mm-hmm. in the community well vi thanks so much mm. and i'm delighted to say that vi has brought her guitar along today and she's gonna she's gonna play a tune for us maybe before we get that set up do you want to tell us what you have in mind well and... it's ironically it's a song that i've grown to love and it's called may you stay forever young so I think we all need to be young and my chosen profession of therapeutic rec, I'm going to put a plug in there, is uh, helps people uh, feel young. And so it doesn't matter how what age you are, but uh, so I'm going to sing May You Stay Forever Young because young is a sense of being. Not just an a age. feeling. Not an age. Not an age. It's not a number. It's not a number. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds great. We'll get you set up and then we'll do that. Sounds great. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every round. And may you stay forever young, forever young, forever young. May you stay forever young. May you grow That was Vi Stace doing a tune by Bob Dylan, Forever Young. And Vi was our guest today talking about senior care from her perspective as a therapeutic recreation provider. Um, and you've been listening to Afterthought on CKUW 95.9 FM. My name is Erica Weeb, and we'll talk to you again next time.